we are people of the Spirit, and that's the sermon series this month. And if you know me well, you know I love this subject of the Holy Spirit. And so I could preach on this for about 18 weeks. I will not, but um, uh, just a few, three to eight. But um, I want to put up a recap of a couple things we learned the last few weeks about our triune God. Again, if you did not get this book, we do have a handful left, so please make sure you grab this on the way out. I read this a couple years ago, and I loved it so much I read it again last year. And then I was rereading it again this year. I'm like, man, we just got to make a sermon series on this. And, um, and there's, there's, uh, it's just a great way to, to have a tool in your hand to read with somebody else and tell them about who Jesus is. Okay? A lot of people have a misperception of God, by the way. And your role, your joy is to show them who Jesus really is. Amen? All right, let's do a quick recap. We can only find the perfect Father in Father God. Right? That was two weeks ago. We said a lot of things, but that was the main thing. Last week we said we can only find the perfect Savior in Jesus, the Son. Right? Remember that? We talked about him being perfect and poised and powerful and, and he's patient with us and he's all these things that he is exactly what we need to save us. And today we're talking about this longing that we all have in life. In fact, if I could be real with you, I think that's even uh, a reason why you have so many people uh, searching different things in life right now. And people are becoming more spiritual than ever before. They won't say religious, but spiritual. Because we all have this finding, this longing. We can only find what we long for in life, though, when we listen to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the voice of God on the earth. Right? The Holy Spirit, I want you to say this with me, the Holy Spirit is the voice of God on the earth. So there's this longing in every human heart to know and experience God. I love what A.W. Tozer says. He says, the, the, the soul's paradox of love is to have found Jesus and to continue searching for him. And Jason, I just want to prophesy to you. You have found, you've been finding the depths of God's love this recent like year or two. And I just feel like God is just putting uh, a bigger smile on your face than ever before. Can you reach your hands towards Jason Crisp? I just love this family. God, I just pray that um, you continue to, to fill him with your love. God, fill him with your love, Lord. He loves you so much. He's experiencing your presence so much in recent months and in this last year. And I thank you that you're taking him to even deeper places. Jason, the Lord says deeper places, deeper places in, in, in his heart, in your chest, in Jesus' name. Jesus is powerful. Jesus is patient. Jesus is poised. Jesus became this new human, right? When he came, he showed us what it meant to be what God intended. He showed us what it meant to be what God intended. Jesus enables us to bear his image. How many were here three weeks ago, or I'm sorry, um, in August, last month, when we talked about Genesis? Where are you? Right? And, and it says that, that Adam walked in the cool of the day. That word actually uh, is ruach, the breath of the day, the spirit of the day. And Adam knew God face to face. But check this out. I can't believe this. I'm going to end with this too. I want you to hear this. Hebrews, I love Hebrews. How many love? <laughs> we just need more coffee shops called Hebrews. I'm kidding. Um, Hebrews, it says we have a better covenant. You have it better than Adam. 
Are you taking advantage of that? You have a better covenant. Adam walked hand in hand in the garden with God. And Jesus not only restored what God intended, you have a better covenant. His spirit is in you. We're going to talk about that today. Oh, it's going to be a good day. Everybody say, buckle up. Listen, in Genesis, God said, let us make man in our image. And even before I became pastor, I, I preached on this a lot. I know I've preached on this a lot because I just, it, it boggles my mind. Because God said, right, let it be like, God said, God said, and he created the earth and he created the heavens, and he created the stars. But then there's a change of terminology when he says, let us make man in our image. He didn't make the stars in his image. You're more beautiful. Olivia, you are more amazing than the stars. Come on, think about that. Now, what's the only one that has an image in the Trinity? The image, come on, everybody say Jesus. You're made in the image of Jesus. Everybody just put your hand in your head and be like, what? You're made in the image of Jesus. And when he comes and you repent of your sins and he convicts you of sin, you be, start reflecting his image. And we're going to tell two stories today. One uh, comes from Luke 24. I'm going to tell a story from the Old Testament and a story from the New Testament. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke 24. I will not have it all on the screen because it's a lot. And I didn't, I didn't want to stress out the media team. No, I just didn't want like a million things up there. So just turn in your Bibles or scroll in your phone. If you got it, say got it. If you don't, just say I wish I got it. Jesus had just risen from the dead. Jesus dies on the cross for the sins of all humanity. Every criminal, every murderer, you, your sin, my sin. He dies on the cross, and just like he promised, three days later, he rose from the dead. That's the text. That's the, that's the scene that we're in. He rose from the dead, and this is what happened next. We pick up at verse 13, Luke 24. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. Remember, there was this crazy rebel named Jesus, and... And uh, he was healing people. Now what we're going to find out is actually this is his aunt and his uncle. So just like there's like 25 Johns in this church, right? If your, name, if your name is John, just raise your hand. It's like half the church. Okay, well, only John today. All the other Johns are on the golf course. So you're all, you're all convicted now. <laughs> all my other friends named John and be like, you called me out? I did. I just did. It's your fault. Your name is John. Um, there's a lot of Marys. So his mother was named Mary, but his aunt was named Mary, and she was married to Cleophas. So these two, this is actually his aunt and uncle, but they didn't recognize him. Why the Spirit um, blocked them from recognizing him? Check this out. Their eyes were kept. Everybody say kept. We're going to come back to that. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him. They're discussing things about Jesus, and Jesus shows up. I don't know about you, but when I talk with Noel or Emily or Trevor or different friends of mine, I, I, there's times I talk about Jesus and Jesus just shows up. What are you talking about? We're going to come back to that in a minute. Some of you want to you sense more of Jesus in your life? Talk about Jesus. What's this conversation you're having? They stood still looking sad. Now keep in mind, they don't... They don't know he's risen from the dead yet. He's like, what's up, guys? I love this. How many of you guys know Jesus has a sense of humor? It's like when he busts through the doors and he goes, relax. 
Love how he does that. He shows up. Don't be afraid. One of them named Cleophas, and again, Mary is his aunt. You'll find that in John 19, verse 25. You'll, you can look that up. His aunt Mary and uncle Cleophas answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know these things that have happened? And he said, What things? <laughs> Jesus knows. Come on, he knows. What things? He said, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the man who was prophet and mighty indeed, in other words, miracles. And word before God and all the people and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death. They crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. I would say we had hoped. You know, there is nothing worse than a, 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 a heart that hopes for something and then doesn't happen. They had hoped. They had hoped that Jesus would, by military force, take over Rome and build his kingdom and take over things, Right? Set things straight. Besides all this, it's now the third day. Moreover, some women, some of the women say he rose from the dead. You guys ever fight in front of Jesus? Right? She believed it. They were at the tomb early in the morning. They didn't find his body. They said that we've seen angels and that he was alive. And some of the, no, think of me mind, they're sad. Like some people say he rose from the dead. It's almost like, but I don't believe it, right? Some of us were with those who went to the tomb and we found it just as, as the women said, but we didn't see. And he said to them, oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ, now he's speaking third person. He is Christ. He is, this is Jesus Christ. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. That had to be one amazing sermon. Jesus shows up, starting with Moses, and explains that he is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. If there's one place I would like to be in history, Paul, it's right there. You guys ever have one place like in the Bible, biblical history, you'd like to insert yourself into? I would love to insert myself into that story right there. Some, some of you maybe have a sick sense of humor and, you know, the time when, you know, the person fell out of the window during the sermon because they fell asleep. But um, maybe that's you. I'll pray for you. Stay with us. So they urged him for hours. For hours he preached to them. Well, this is like a three and a half hour, some people say, walk. So he went in to stay with them. He was about to go further, but verse 30, he went in to stay with them. But when he was at the table, he sat in the host seat and he took the bread and he broke it. Now stop for a minute. He was a guest. They invited him in. Because in Jewish, uh, it's custom in their culture to always invite a stranger in. Hospitality is huge in Jewish uh, culture. So they said, hey, it's not safe to be out. You need to come in. And, but Jesus sits in the host seat, and he grabs the bread. Come on. He's the bread. He grabs the bread. He broke it. He gave to them, and their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and then he vanished. Tell me he doesn't have a sense of humor. Come on. He's holding up the bread. Thank you, Lord, for this bread. And they're like, oh, it's Jesus. Gone. Did you see that? We just talked to him for three hours. Mary, I knew that was him. Right? Did not our hearts 
burn within us while he talked to us on the road. When you have a revelation of Jesus, your heart burns in you. And I'm telling you right now, there's some of you that say, you know what? I know the Bible. My heart's not burning. That's okay. I'm going to pray for you and pray that God lights your heart on fire, bonfire, gasoline, fire, <laughs> blowtorch fire today. <laughs> Who says I want that? I got this little torch on Amazon a couple months ago, side note, and I couldn't, I couldn't break this thing off the hammock. My wife had bought a new hammock that all the neighbor kids, which is like 3,500 of them, were on the hammock at once, and it broke. So it's the third time we bought a hammock, and I couldn't untie this knot, so I grabbed this torch, and I, I had never used it, and it's not a lighter. It literally says torch, and I turned, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it separated, and then some of it landed on me, and I screamed. I mean, it was like, it was a bad moment in Cortland. Uh, and like everybody in suburbia is like, dude, what just happened to that preacher at the end of the street? Like, I just, that's what I hope happens to your heart. Some of you got some stuff you just need to burn off. Turn to your friend and say, let it, let it burn. Some of you are like, what's the Hebrew for that? Let it burn. As they were talking about these things, Jesus then stood among them. Right? Actually, let me back up because I skipped one. He's at the table. He disappears. Um, and they rose that same hour and they returned to Jerusalem. They found the other 11 disciples who were with them and they were gathered together saying, The Lord is risen. He appeared to Simon. They told what had just happened on the road. And suddenly, as they were talking, come on, as they were talking. Everybody say, as they were talking. Everybody say, as they were talking. You want Jesus to show up in your life, start talking about Jesus. Your confession is fear, but you want Jesus to show up. Make your confession the person of Jesus. Start talking about Jesus. Start changing the conversation and make it about Jesus. Jesus himself stood, up, stood among them and said, peace to you, but they were startled. Again, I think that's funny. And they're frightened, and they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your heart? See my hands and my feet. Touch and see. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bones, as you see, but I have uh, that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they, some of them still disbelieved, which, come on. For joy, they were marveling, though. He said, have you have anything to eat? And they made some fish, which... I can't explain it. Don't put that on your card for like October, you know, ask me anything. Don't, don't ask me how he can just show up and walk through a wall and then eat fish. I don't know. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say he doesn't know. All right. These are my words I spoke to you while I was still with you. Everything about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He opened their minds. To understand the scripture. That's the, the burning heart, the revelation, the understanding that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of scripture. Thus it is written that Christ should suffer on the third day, rise from the dead, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father. Everybody said the promise. I'm sending the promise of my father. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So he had already told them before he ascended to heaven to wait in the city 
till the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, comes upon them and gives them the boldness to preach. Then he says it again after he rises from the dead. Right? That's important. Everybody say that's, that means it's important. Now we see the Holy Spirit throughout Old Testament and New Testament. Do you know that same word for breathed is, shows up in Genesis 1, 2. The earth was formless, empty, there's chaos. But the Spirit, the Ruach of God was hovering over the surface of the water. Look at down at, at Genesis 2, verse 7. The word shows up again as God breathed into Adam's formed yet lifeless body. The Lord God formed the man of dust. And I believe that prophetic word was so powerful today because there's so many uh, people and even churches, and if we're not careful, ours, can become a valley of dry bones. The form is there. It's a church, but lacking, see, he got a revelation. He said, hey, lacking the breath and the life in it. Right? You guys know that can happen. You can be a form and not have breath. Then the Lord God breathed the breath of life. That word breath is spirit. And we are people of the spirit. And there's going to be times when God gives you revelation by the spirit. And Don, I just feel like prophesying to you for a minute. I just feel like I just, I just feel like God is increasing your prophetic and your, your word of knowledge. Everybody reach your hands towards Don. This is a friend of mine. His gift of discernment is already in you, Don. I feel like, I feel like the Lord said you have a gift of discernment. There's been many times you've known something that was right or something that was wrong. And then it panned out. In fact, you've even said that. Oh, look, at it. in your mind, it panned out exactly how I thought. God says he's increasing that. Your sensitivity to the spirit. And your, and your word of knowledge, that gift word of knowledge, and then, and then prophecy, right? And the spirit of wisdom. So I thank you, God, that with the word of knowledge is going to come a spirit of wisdom. I feel like you guys are going to prophesy with me. Say, say, dear God, thank you that the word of knowledge is going to be paired with the spirit of wisdom that he not only knows what's going on, but what to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, by the way, the spirit is a wind. You don't know where it's going. I didn't know I was going to prophesy to Don today. Can I tell you some God stories? I'm just in the mood. We might be here all day, y'all. I'm just warning you. I was at a conference this weekend, and I am lit. I'm, I, I'm lit, okay? I'm just warning you. I, I remember one time I was ministering at this church. I had driven about three hours away. I've, the Holy Spirit is reminding me of this story for some reason. And the pastor, she was a woman pastor. It was the first time I'd ever seen that. She was the sweetest lady. And while I'm preaching, the Lord shows me her bathroom. Some of you have heard this story before. And I'm like, well, that's strange. You, you guys ever have, like, God is sometimes strange. Thank you, Mick. I you see you understand his strangeness. And I, I all of a sudden saw her with this bathroom that she hated. It was a purplish pink, and the whole bathroom was the same color, the tile, the floor. And I just said, you know, I just feel like you have an ugly bathroom that you hate. And she, <laughs> she laughed. And I said, and your robe even matches your bathroom, and you hate that too. And <laughs> she laughs. I said, it's an ugly purple. She goes, it is, just like that. I said, I said, you've saved your money twice to renovate your bathroom. 
twice. Now she starts crying because now the spirit starts hitting her. I said, twice you saved about $5,000 to remodel your bathroom. And then the Holy Spirit made you give it all to missions. You were a little reluctant, but you gave it. And she's, oh, she's crying. She's a ball of tears. It's beautiful. I love when there's snot everywhere. It's great. That's how you know. Usually, I, you know, God's moving, right? So she's crying. <laughs> she's like, yeah. And I said, so God, you built God's house, and God's going to build your house. And God's going to give you all the money that you gave to him. And if you have any money you want to bring up here, people were like, what? Dumped all that. It was the biggest pile of cash I've ever seen in my life. It's huge. She like won the jackpot. Now, here's the cool thing. What the Holy Spirit did in that moment is told her, I care about you. I care. I see. Every time you've sacrificed, I saw it. Why? People of the Spirit. The Spirit sees. Olivia, the Spirit has seen when you've sacrificed. The Spirit has seen thousands of times that you've cared for little ones. He said, every time. You're rubbing their back, God's rubbing their back. You're getting them a snack, God's giving them a snack. The Spirit sees every time that you're serving and that you're sacrificing. Now, he, what's, what's so cool about the Holy Spirit is he will lead you to encourage someone right when they need it. We're going to talk about that more next week. But the Holy Spirit, we are people of the Spirit. Everybody say this with me, people of the Spirit. Guys, the Holy Spirit today, once you hear this, enables the same companionship with God. That Adam had. She say, what? Yes. Guys, Jesus said, it's even better that I go. Because I'm going to be in you. The Father and me, we're going to be in you. Look at John 17 uh, later. Just write down John 17. It's my favorite chapter in the, in the whole Bible. Me and the Father, we're going to be in you. Somebody say, in you. He is our helper, our counselor, our teacher. I have this Bible software called Logos that I've used for years, and I clicked that, that word, um, he's the comforter. In John 14, I will send you a comforter. And I clicked it and actually said the, the, the actual Aramaic word that Jesus used there was actually Savior. Now, he's the Savior, so nobody throws stones at me. But notice what he says. He will teach you everything that I have been teaching you. He's the spirit of truth. Right? He's saving you. How many knows you're saved, but you're being saved? You're saved, but he's going to teach you, and he's going to teach you uh, how to be saved, how to be in him. Look at John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commands. I'm going to ask the Father. He's going to give you a counselor. He's teaching you how to be saved. We say counselor. Right? Savior. He's teaching you. He's the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him. How many know sometimes you talk about Jesus and people don't know what you're talking about? There's a couple of you in here this morning. That's fine. <laughs> no, just kidding. Right? Sometimes you ever talk about Jesus and people just glaze over? You're like, oh, it's going to be a long day at the water cooler, right? <laughs> you know, change the conversation. But when you keep talking about Jesus, suddenly, God, guys, God will show up. Jesus will show up in those moments. We talked about this, that God gives us his spirit who teaches us, who saves us, who reveals the beauty of Jesus. I want to put this on the screen. The Holy Spirit always points our attention to Jesus. I remember being in a conference with Jack Hayford about eight or nine years ago, and I love this. He, he drew this little, little graph on a Sharpie or on a, a dry erase board. 
You know, it says the Father always points to Jesus. Jesus always points to the Father. And the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. And Jesus points to the Father. And the Father always points to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. <laughs> How many know it's all about Jesus? That's why our vision here, we're leading people to follow Jesus together. And the more someone is filled with the Spirit, the more they talk about Jesus. Have you ever met somebody who just cannot shut up about Jesus? Isn't that beautiful? Have you guys ever met anybody who can't stop talking about Jesus? Everybody stand up for a minute. You need some blood flowing. Y'all are decaf. Just stand up for a minute. Don't, worry, don't get excited. This is not the altar call. Some of you are like, oh, we're wrapping it up. No, I am not. This is the halfway. The stewardess is handing out the peanuts. We are not laying in the plane, okay? Don't even think about it. You guys ever have somebody who talk about Jesus all the time? Do you know why? They're filled with the Spirit. And I want to reiterate something that she shared today. By the way, there's Catholics who are filled with the Spirit. Oh, yes. I, we used to play in about three or four Catholic churches every summer. And I would go in, there would be 12-foot statues of Peter. And one time it was a statue of Judas with horns on it. It was really strange. I was like, that is not inspiring me to worship. But, <laughs> but anyway, but then the pastor got up there and I felt the presence of God. I was like, whoa, he loves Jesus. Why? The Spirit. Come on, everybody say the Spirit. All right, now sit back down. Again, this is not the altar call. Don't even. Look at your friends. Say, don't even. The Holy Spirit points you to the perfection, the gentleness of Jesus, the love of Jesus. He teaches us even that when we're under pressure, his voice, his wind, his truth will flow from our mouth. Look at Matthew 10. When they hand you over, don't worry about what it is to speak. You're going to be given what to say because it isn't you speaking. The spirit of your father is speaking through you. Ask Danielle. This happened to her last night. It was hilarious. Actually, don't ask her. It was a, kind of a personal testimony. Don't even ask her. But she got pointed out by the minister, and he prophesied to her, and it was something so funny that only I knew. How many guys know that only Jesus, like sometimes there's something that only you and your spouse know, but God knows. And he encouraged her in this beautiful way. We laughed about it the whole way home. She kept going, how? How does God do that? How does he do that? It was beautiful. See, the Holy Spirit enables the testimony of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, he encourages us to talk about Jesus, tell others about Jesus. The spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Write down Revelation 19.10. Don't believe me? Look at Revelation 19.10. The Spirit, the Spirit, the testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy. That's why when someone, uh, when you're prophesying or someone's prophesying to you and you know God's speaking something unique and specific to you, it, what's it, do? it ultimately encourages you to love Jesus more. It always does. Always. So how do we receive the Holy Spirit? I am so glad you asked that. I'm so glad you asked. It's a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. We simply ask. The Holy Spirit is a promised gift for followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, can we all read this together? The Holy Spirit is a promised gift for followers of Jesus. So you got to get the, the religion mindset out of your head. That I have to perform, I have to earn. And I've talked with many Christians over the years who feel like, well, what do I have to do? to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing, nothing. Get the performance mentality out of your head. Jesus isn't American. 
I have news for you, right? He's not, you don't have to work for and stay there enough years <laughs> to get. No, it's a gift. It's a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. And he wants to give you the gift of his spirit. He wants to fill you with his spirit. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we can understand what's been freely given to us. Now, I want to tell you a story from the Old Testament. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. And this I did put on the screen. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. 2 Kings chapter 4. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. So she's widowed, okay? You know that he revered the Lord. So he's, he's a minister. This is a pastor's wife. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing there at all. I, I always find it fun. Don't we exaggerate? I have nothing but $10,000 in the bank. But other than that, I have nothing. You know, we all do that. How can I help you? I have nothing except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Shannon, I, I'm like dying to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you in like 10 minutes because God's going to fill you with oil. Oh, man, it's going to be awesome. Okay. Don't ask for just a few. Shannon, don't ask for just a few. Look at that. Go inside, shut the door behind you, you and your sons, pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put it to the side. She left him, and afterwards, she shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one, and he said, there's not any more jars left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay for your debts. You and your sons can now live on what is left. Now, this story can be compared to something that happened in 1 Kings 17. In both texts, the woman uh, is in need, right? And she has a child, but in this case, uh, she has two children. By the way, it's not the same story. It's just that Elijah, his mentor, I mean, you've heard of Elijah, right? His mentor... Elisha, the spiritual son, does a lot of miracles that looks like his, his uh, mentors. Okay, and this is one of them that's very similar. But she had two sons. Her husband had died, and it may seem crazy, like he would have to, the, the boys would have to be sold into slavery. But that was the culture of the time. If there was a debt, and suddenly the dad had died, now the boys need to go work off that debt. Right? Um, and so they, they, she did not want to lose her sons, to slavery, obviously. So she calls out to, to the man of God who represents the, the spirit of God. And what does he do? He says, go collect all the jars. Don't collect just a few. Can I just point out a few things? Number one, the prophet represents the spirit of God because the spirit of God is the voice of God. So when you see in the Old Testament, a prophet coming and he shares like a, uh, an encouragement or a warning and he's saying, hey, repent, turn to God. That's the spirit of God. Just like Jesus said in John 14 through 17, he will convict the world of sin. That's the spirit of God. Turn your hearts to Jesus. 
That's the voice of God on the earth, okay? Number two, this was a miracle. Everybody say, duh. Right? This was a miracle. I'm not sure this needs said, but uh, oil came out of nowhere. Everybody's going like this. Just imagine, like, there's nothing there. Okay. Some of you guys must know this story really well. Like, yeah, oil came out of that. When's the last time you filled a ton of jars of oil with no oil? Never happened to me. All right. Number three, this was a logical, a logical command to perceive the miracle. Collect jars for what? Don't we do that? Sometimes God tells us to do something. For what? See, the, the prophet had this, this revelation, this idea from God that, hey, if, you, if we just give you a bunch of oil, you can sell that, and that will pay the debt off. Everybody get it? Pays the debt off, and the boys don't have to go into slavery. Number four, fourth thing I want to point out, the oil stopped when all the jars were full. Your miracle sometimes stops at the level of your expectation. Now, you might say, I, is that a name and claim it? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just telling you what the scripture says. He said collect a lot. They collected some. And when the last jar was full, the oil stopped. Am I reading into it? Is that exactly what it says? It's exactly what it says. So I'm curious. Courtney, I'm curious. Let's say they collected 18, 18 jars. What if the boys had knocked on three more houses and gotten seven more jars? Now there's 25 jars. How many agree with me? You, they probably would have had 25 jars of oil. I mean, you can't read that text and not infer that. And some of you are not experiencing miracles because you're not expecting miracles. You think, oh, no, this is just the way it is. No, it's not just the way it is. Jesus said, pray, let my kingdom come. Let my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as people of the spirit, we can expect to receive and to see miracles in people's lives. Not so God can perform for you as if he's some entertainer, but that you can show the compassion and love of God to people. One of the, one of the speakers this week uh, told this story, he, Pastor Brian Simmons, who's excellent, uh, well, probably one of my favorite preachers slash teachers I've ever heard. He's the lead translator on the, um, the New Passion Translation. He knows five languages, including Aramaic, Greek, Hebrew. It's, it's brilliant, right? Have you guys ever heard someone teach and you're just like, uh, I feel dumb, right? So it's like that. But at the same time, I felt really inspired to love Jesus because he loved Jesus. He said, you know, sometimes God asks you to do something illogical. And this story popped in my mind when he says this. He says, he said that recently, he's a pastor at a church, even though he travels and stuff. But he says, recently, uh, God told him to give all the money in their church bank account to the poor and to trust God to replenish it. Do I, do I have any trustees in the, in the <laughs> service? How, how many think that would be an interesting trustee meeting? Can I, right? Keith, Matt, where you at? Nate? He said, I was so reluctant. He said, but I know God told me to do it. He said, so I shared this. He said, immediately with tears, they, four of the five trustees wrote a $50,000 check. Then, then he did a wedding for a guy, and the, the guy gave him a $100,000 check for doing a wedding. That's a well-paid wedding. Can I get a witness? 
God replenished all of it within a week. Tell me God doesn't do miracles. He does miracles all the time. And we don't even see most of them. Most of them, it's just you showing compassion to someone, and Jesus is in that, and that's a miracle. But a miracle, what happens when something like this happens, when oil is poured and it just shows up? When a word is spoken and then hearts align with that word, and suddenly there's supernatural provision. A miracle, right, is when the kingdom of God, the kingdom reality, comes over top of this broken human reality, and we realize what's actually more real. 